0: We're gonna we're gonna take after the fact after the fact. (sighs) Let's get started here. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I've already pulled and didn't miss it. Let's. Yep. I haven't even started technically.
0: Yep, we're back. We're back. I'm here, and we're not getting off track that much. (laughs)
2: Okay. Thank you for adding that much. At at
0: least let us get into the show, and then then we can get off track.
3: Welcome to This Week in MTG, with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G.
2: Hello, and welcome, Magic folk, to episode 206 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. That's Danny. What's up? And uh, we don't have Anthony, just Anthony, here with us tonight. But we do have a special guest coming all the way from teaching kids how to kick balls and actually kick them good. Because y'all did pretty good. Oh, yeah, dude. You fucking, like, rocked the world. We got Big G returning.
0: I'm back. And other than other than next week having my last bit of coaching responsibility, I'm back full-time, baby. How beautiful. I'm first,
2: back. First off, want to take a quick second, like... Th- Ten seconds to talk about your your coaching experience because you really enjoyed it from what oh, you've God. talked about your posts that you made. We got to pay homage to the fact of why you were gone. For yeah, so the long. reason
0: I was gone, yeah, I and and it. then we're back. See, we yeah, at least started the I show. Uh, no, coaching was great this year. Uh, this was my first year getting to coach high school level, so that was awesome. Uh, I coached our C squad with one of my other teacher friends, and honestly, we we had a great crew of kids. Um, they were younger kids. So most of them were middle school but we had a couple of freshmen and stuff too. And we had our first ever C squad tournament and we took first baby.
2: Boom. Fucking badass.
0: So at least while I was gone, I was bringing home some bringing home some hardware. So
2: Now the real question, how many bags of sunflower seeds did you eat this whole season?
0: Not a damn one because we can't have sunflower seeds <laughs> on our field. <laughs>
4: Because we, we get the
0: nice the added perk of being a high school level coach now is I get to play on the turf out oh, fair okay, instead of instead of some of the crappy fields that unfortunately just they're uneven um, it happens and gym classes use them so they get worn out pretty quick but okay fair enough no sunflower seeds but no sunflower seeds but plenty of cooler water and um I got some fire up bags for our Ooh. tournament from the parents. So if you're going to coach a sport, make sure that you have wonderful, supportive parents that say, hey, we're going to fire up the team for the tournament and the coaches get some stuff too. So
4: yeah,
2: coaches are important, man, for for high school, for high school games.
0: We had a great time coaching and we're excited to see most of the kids probably will be on our team again next year. So just because we don't have that many seniors leaving. So not too much movement around our teams this year going into next year
2: the familiarity is going to be good the teamwork the, the the bond
0: is still going to be there then it'll be great but you know what let's get back on track now
2: thank you for joining us on this episode we got to take a moment at the top of the episode here to extend our heartfelt thank yous to all of you dedicated listeners for taking the time out of your day to listen to us your unwavering support and enthusiasm for this show truly inspiring to each and every one of us. We are grateful for the opportunity to bring you the latest updates, insights, and discussions from the world of magic each week. And we got some discussions this week. Your engagement and passion helps drive us to continue delivering top-notch content. Here's to many more episodes of shared excitement and community in the realm of Magic the Gathering. Furthermore, we'd like to express our deep appreciation to the Patreons of this podcast. Their generous contributions directly contribute to the success of the continued growth of this show. Their commitment allows us to maintain the quality of the content, explore new avenues to enhance the podcast experience, and pays for the packs and cards for the monthly giveaways, which, Patreons, I do know. I slipped up again twice this month. Twice. I done did fucked up. And because of that, my fuck up is your gains. We're going to be doubling up the shit there. So, uh check the Patreon only Discord which is a perk. There's a just a little channel there for Patreon only where you can like discuss and get like the unedited full episode where you'll probably hear the stuff that happened before. Uh this. So anyways, their continu- their support isn't just financial. It's a testament to the strong bond that unites us as fellow magic enthusiasts. Thank you for being an integral part of this podcasting journey and for helping us bring the magic to life with each episode. So, got to give a big thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, Casey B, Taylor M, Ricky R, Chris O, Coco. Go check out the Aquarium Guys podcast with that one. Uh, Chapman, Ranger Dan, and Crazy Mage. If you are entertained by or enjoying the content that we are producing, you don't have to be a Patreon to support us. Go into the podcast app that you're listening to us on right now and rating and reviewing us in any way that the app allows you to. Spotify does stars, and now there's Q&As that you can answer. You can answer how you enjoy the episode there. But uh, doing that tremendously helps us because those forms of interaction elevate us on the recommended charts for other, ma- other Magic players to find. But easily, one of my favorite ways that you could do by supporting us is just by word of mouth telling your friends your family your lgs rival about us is good enough just that good old word of mouth now we would be remiss if we didn't mention our lgs sponsor as well jw sports cards and gaming let's hear an ad from them
3: now J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening? J-Dubs has it all. Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: Thank you, J-Dubs, for sponsoring us. Hey, Matt. All that uh, podcast news out of the way. You want to get into the breakdown for the folks?
2: Yeah. So this week's breakdown, we're gonna have uh, talk about or jump over to the Boggle desk where we have a sugar and salt report. Talk about some upcoming events. Then from there, we're gonna jump into the news, and the news is gonna be a very beefy news section because we got some changes happening. Magic first, the BNRs. You'll be surprised at what's on there. Second, some pack changes. And then uh, we're gonna talk. We're finally gonna talk Doctor Who, with uh, with, with now that carrots here. But I bet Anthony he is he's a little like big tears in his eye two two mana <laughs> two mana tears blue mana tears in his eyes. The fact that he missed out on tonight to talk Doctor Who. Oh, he
0: he encounter spelling this shit. It's <laughs> happening.
2: <laughs> From there, we'll play everyone's favorite game, the Conjured Currency game, and then uh, we'll be done with the episode. Y'all can go home and be done with us for another week. So. We're ready to start this off. We're going to the boggle desk. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the boggle desk is all yours, Gary. It's we've, back, baby. You've kept the seat warm. Hopefully you know, it's, 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 it's right. It
0: feels a little broken and over-saddened, so I'm guessing Anthony was here. <laughs> and he broke my seat. <laughs> Fucking Anthony. God, God damn, damn it. it. He breaks my couch at my old apartment. Now he breaks the seat at the boggle desk. God damn it. Rude, Anthony. I know. Rude. He'll probably try to blame it on Danny or something, too. Danny, don't take that shit. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, so I got some salt and I got some sugar. Uh, salt is honestly, I really, I don't have too much to be salty for, other than you know what, I missed y'all. I'm back.
2: You are back? I'm back. We missed you. Like I was saying at the beginning, you are the butter to our lobster. <clears throat> the buttery smoothness.
0: Hey, I I try. You complete us. But I do have some tasty sugar. Ooh. So I I got to play some spell table with uh, our dear friend Danny over here and Chaos over mm-hmm. over Saturday night. The goose. The goose. And as much as I want to play some of my own decks. <laughs> nice Casey. It is it is broken like the modern format. Anyway, um I got to play some magic and other than wanting to play some of my own decks, uh, because I you know I've been trying to brew up new decks and everything, and right now I'm just I'm working on my Mardu one, so be ready. Um I did purchase sleeve. And shuffle up some Doctor Who decks this weekend. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so I got we got two games in, and Group Hugs just put gasoline on a fire that wasn't even aware was there.
2: Okay, so that answered my question. My first question was going to be, so Danny, which deck did you get, but you didn't play the Doctor Who deck. You just played
0: your... Uh...
1: I played he, my deck. He,
0: okay. played, he played Group Hugs, and good God, it hugged me and bitch-slapped everyone else. <laughs> Because I put so I played two of them. I played the uh, the tenth Doctor and Rose Tyler deck, and then I played the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith deck. So the tenth Doctor is all about suspend time counters, all that shit. It's a gross and deck. <laughs> I don't with thi-
1: f- with fuel. It's a gross with deck.
0: fuel. It is gross. I feel like just straight out the box, it's a good deck. And yeah, like obviously, like with any deck, you get the great hand. It's gonna do well.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. good
0: God. I killed Danny, and then I killed Goose in one turn cycle, essentially. Or rather, well, two full turn cycles, but God, it was great. Rose Tyler just smacked. I Even, even with me reading the card wrong the first time around, it still just went, hey, Danny, hey, Danny,
1: slap. Yeah, unblockable.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I had the sonic screwdriver and made it. A- Made her unblockable, so nobody could do shit. Sonic Fury Driver is
1: a cool card. You're yep. just you're just lucky you targeted me first. Otherwise, you would have lost. I
0: know, well, I played it smart. I I knew how you, know how your deck works, and I know he when I you. start seeing certain pieces appear and certain things happening, I'm like. I need to kill. As much as Danny's fueling this fire, I need to kill him. He, he is currently two steps away
1: from fucking not, everybody not, up. not even that. He was one step. Away. One step. My away. Next if it turn, would next have gotten turn, to his turn, he. I turn was dead. Everyone would have decked themselves. Yeah.
0: Actually, it, no. That one was going to be uh, your second son win. Oh yeah, that yeah, would have been your second, second son he win.
1: Approach the second son. So no one would have been dead. I just would have won. Yep.
0: Um, so ended up killing both Goose and Danny with Rose, a big, beefy, unblockable Rose Tyler. twenty-three, twenty-three, And then a twenty-five, twenty-five. by the time it got to Goose. Jesus. Um, so yes, that deck works wonderfully when it just gets fuel poured on its fire. Uh, the second round I did, um, the fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith, and that one's all about historic. So, oh, nice, nice. Yep. Um, sagas, legendaries, artifacts. Oh, Oh, boy. Yep. That so, one are was Are you still just, playing your hug deck, Danny? Yep. You're still okay. playing hugs.
1: <laughs> he wouldn't have won if it wasn't for hugs.
0: <laughs> no. It, or at least I would not have won the way I won if it was so, not for hugs. Um, It was just... it Turn four, turn three, Danny put down one of the mana doublers that he has in the deck. So mana flare or one of the other ones.
1: Uh, I was right of flourishing.
0: Yep. So got to play you know extra lands and stuff. And, oh, yeah,
1: that that, that one mana was yeah. all over the place.
0: And it was just horrendously awesome. Because, <laughs> horrendously awesome. Because at the end of it, like, it was a point I needed to make. Uh, so one of the cards, I think it's the Gallifrey Stands, uh, where basically you can get, it's a legendary um, enchantment, and you can get doctors out of the graveyard into your hand, and then you can play them. Mm-hmm. If you have 13 doctor cards, you win the game. Well, I had all eight doctors that were in the deck on the field. So it was one of those things where I just kind of felt like it was like, hey, by the way, just so you guys know, I can't win. But if I could, I would be winning right right this moment.
2: Are there only the eight doctors in that deck then?
0: In that deck, because then okay. there's the 10th doctor deck, which has the war doctor, the ninth doctor, the 11th doctor... And the 12th Doctor. And then the 13th Doctor has its own deck. And operates on something different. So it's just the love. And we'll talk about this more. The love and details that Wizards put into making the decks. Making the cards. Making the mechanics that were specific to the Doctor Who decks. Just brilliant. So. Yeah, it yes. definitely,
2: it definitely seemed like uh, everyone that contributed to this was very excited because they're all Hoovians. Yeah, stuff. like they they poured their their heart and soul to make this be a good uh, bringing another
0: IP into Magic. And honestly, too, it just it works because like the tenth Doctor one, like I said, and I was talking with one of my teacher friends that plays Magic and um, talking about the games on Saturday. and He's like, you know, it's been a good while since there was a good suspend deck. And I was like. And they have it now. Like, truly, they do. Like, you can modify it as much as you want to, but straight out the box, it works great. And there are plenty of commanders that care about historic in the world, but I don't know, just the way this deck seemed to work and seemed to just thrive off of everything, it just, it was great. Because I won it because of having a boost of XX, where X was the number of historic permanence i had on the battlefield and it probably didn't help i just had six treasure tokens just sitting there doing nothing because i didn't need to use them with all the mana doubling so just
2: adds to your historic account
0: right so no it was a lot of fun i i've been happy to at least been able not being able to be here at least getting the chance to play some spell table every once in a while so that's been great um but yeah but let's talk about some event results. So I pulled up. Speaking of how you know earlier how broken the modern format is, um, I pulled up a modern results.
1: What? No way!
0: Shocker, right?
1: <laughs> Lies. Uh, uh,
0: the modern format being broken, or me picking a modern to- all of it format to talk
1: about everything.
0: Okay, so uh, w- using MTG Goldfish, doing the same kind of rundown I would normally be doing. Uh, we'll talk about the top four decks, which honestly even since the last time I was here, I highly doubt these are too much different than they usually would be. So number one deck on this list, and this de- um, doesn't mean it was first place. It's just the first listed because it was a 5-0 and o deck. And this was the MXP Portland October 15th um, RCQ. CQ. Re CQ. You know, it's probably just... RCQ and they just put the extra E in no, there. No, it's just
2: RCQ. I know that's a specific, that's a different thing. It's like, I can't remember what it is, but there's a difference between an
0: RCQ and a RCQ. Okay, whatever. What, I get peanut butter cups there? Mm-hmm. God, I hope so. <laughs> if, if not, they <laughs> missed out on a
2: good opportunity. Right?
1: Happy ending?
0: No,
2: that's, no, only that's a reach the, around. That's, that's oh. your only that's a a, your reach around weekly Q. massage.
1: I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Wrong
3: defense.
0: So the first, <laughs> first deck that's on there, Four Color Rhinos deck. Um, are labeled four-color rhinos. It is. It is four-color rhinos. I'm, I'm going to start saying it's labeled this, and then I'll click expand and go, okay, it actually is.
2: Well, it's only four colors because of the, the dismember design Yeah, board. But it's four so colors because they have all the lands, so that way you can like get the, cheat out the ley line. Binding. Yeah,
0: so, or at least get, get super benefited from it. All right, and then the next one is labeled Golgari Yawgmoth, mm-hmm. which it is and then the next two decks so this one was one of them was four and one, one, one was three and one are both is it Merktide decks so um both pretty standard builds from the look of it you know they got the dragon rage channelers they got uh the regavons um Murktide's plenty of spells in the package board so that way they can benefit with that Merktide as much as possible and you know try to screw up your shit and make their shit better so there is that for you and then the meta game breakdown the top four slots so Rakdos midrange so those wonderful scam decks taking up 31.71 percent of the meta with 13 decks yawgmoth decks taking up 9.76 with four decks crashing footfalls decks taking up 7.32 with three decks and then Merktide regent decks Same stats, so 7.32 and 3 decks.
2: I do want to note here that the uh, Rakdos Evoke deck, the first one, the one that did the best, was piloted by Solomon Cohen uh, with a 3-1 and record for this uh, re-CQ. Hey,
0: there you go. All right, so the most played cards, and then we'll play the favorite game of Danny, of him not paying attention or not. (laughs) I know he's missed it. He's missed it. I'm back. All for the fun and cheeky games while I drink a beer and talk fast. All right, the number one card, 75 copies, covering 54% of the decks is Fury. Number two spot with 75 copies and 46% of the decks, Oakish or Orkish Bowmasters. Number third spot, 73 copies, covering 46% of the decks is that Funky Monkey Ragavan. And Grief coming in that fourth slot, 56 copies, 34% of the decks. Now, Danny... Can you take a strong guess at the top four creatures that were played in this meta? Hmm. Hmm. You don't need the number of copies or the percentages of hmm. decks, but I do need the exact order you think it is.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Let's go Fury for one. Oh,
0: good, good call. You're Ooh. one for one.
1: Hmm. Is it Raven or Orc Master or Orcish? I think it's Orcish for number two.
0: Final answer? Yes. Oh, okay, you're two for two.
1: Yes. Uh, let's go, Rayvan. Final answer.
0: Oh, three for three.
1: And uh, not fable. Let's go, grief.
0: Ooh, grief. Grief yep. is your final answer for yep. number four. As if you're not looking at it right now. <laughs> you're right. Four for four. Good job. All right. Saw
1: that I had this open. <laughs> no, so. you did.
0: But it was the fact also too. Like yeah, nope. I, I get all it. of them are creatures. <laughs> all right. So the top four spells, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, number one slot, 54 copies, 34% of the decks. Lightning Bolt, 54 copies, 51% of the decks. Thought Seize, 52 copies, 32% of the decks. And Not Dead After All, covering 49 mm. copies and 32% of the decks. So there you go. A little bit of a breakdown of a modern event. Yes, yes, Modern hasn't changed since I was last here reporting on the news, so that's good slash bad to see. Terrible. Eh, Anyway, now talk about some upcoming events. Uh, For those of you who are planning on being down in the Orlando, Florida area, we've got Commander Fest coming up October 20th through the 22nd. Hey, that's this weekend, guys. Let's get out of here. Let's get going. I can't. Yeah, me either.
1: <laughs> All my money's tied up for April. Lucky Where are you bastard. going, dude? Where are you going? Where are you going? What are
0: you doing?
2: Did you not I see am that? going
1: to the Shipwrecked Festival in Las Vegas. You son of a bitch, dude! That's a stack. That'll or Sick New World. Sorry, not That'll shipwreck. be fun.
2: That's a stacked event. I'm hyped about that. Danny Elsman. he's a headliner there. Ooh. And I'm like, what is he going to be doing? <laughs> What's he going to be playing?
0: Well, it's clearly not. This is Halloween. It yeah. could be. I was about to say, like it could be
2: he probably.
1: knows his audience. Like it's, if he knows his audience, that's, gonna, Vegas, be, that's gonna be that's gonna be a thing. True. That's yeah.
0: valid point. <laughs> All right. But just in case you're able to last minute plan this one, here are your package breakdowns. Just in case you didn't hear about them, you haven't read them, you haven't been paying attention to what's been talked about here. So a one day package is gonna cost you, you know, with tax and everything, sixty-five dollars. Okay. You'll get you'll get a badge, a lanyard, a non-foil extended art reliquary tower promo a constructed pod entry voucher, and a non-foil Arcane Signet promo. Now, if you want to double up a lot of that and then get some more added perks, get the three-day package because you will get, a again, one badge and lanyard, two of those reliquary towers, one foil reliquary tower, so you'll get three of them total, and then you'll get three pod vouchers, and then two non-foil Arcane Signet promos, and then One edge wall in Ultra Pro Playmat. Now you've got the money in your pocket. You're ready to go. You want to get that VIP fan experience? Well, there's only 50 spots available, so hopefully you have gotten yours. So you'll get a you'll get a badge of lanyard. Four non-foil reliquary towers, two foil reliquary towers, four non-foil arcane signets, one VIP Express Creator Clash Voucher, one foil inked uh, covert go blue dragon token an inked covert go blue shark token in non-foil four pod vouchers the playmat and then one exclusive vip sign and selfie saturday morning hour so there's that
2: do your girl math appropriately here folks
0: yes girl (laughs) math almost like corporate math if you play it right. <laughs> um, but you can do an exclusive playmat add-on for $30. bucks that will get you the Jaya's Phoenix art, and it's looking great on this playmat that I can see here. Uh, plenty of meet and greets going on. We've got plenty of events going on. Even a Doctor Who collector sealed event, which if I was going, good God, you know I'd be going to that. Other than that, I'm sure plenty of things going around as far as some drafting between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't forget those on demand events. Uh, if I learned anything from Magic Fest, on demand events are always firing off, always ready to go. And you can get yourself some sick shit from the prize wall. So there be that. And then this weekend here at J Dubs, we've got the modern RCQ happening at noon at J Dub's Play Center. Um Obviously, show up. You'll pay your entry fee. Prizes will be a, registrations eleven. Registrations and then eleven it's at noon. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then this is a competitive event, so you will need a deck list. So make sure if you don't have it printed off, you don't have it written down on the deck list form. You show up at that eleven o'clock time. Get your sheet. Write it down. Shuffle up. Get ready. Get going. All that fun shit. And entry fee, if I remember correctly, is fifty. Is it? Yeah. So fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Um, you yeah, get, you get the uh, winners get the foil
2: death right or death right death shadow. Yep. Uh top eight gets non foil death shadow entrance gets uh, the cute uh, an offer. You can't refuse and off You can't refuse, an you can't refuse yep. is Anthony was yep. saying.
0: <laughs> so and then
2: top two gets invites to uh, I said Dallas last time. So it's Denver or is it the other way around? I say Denver last time and it's Dallas, whatever the next.
0: You get dream in, hack You events. get invites to the dream hack event. Yes. There you go. A dream hack event, not the dream hack event. The, oh. next, the next dream hack. But yeah, um, unfortunately, won't be there. Uh, got a baby shower to go to for my friends that are up from Nebraska this weekend. So, otherwise, they got tired
2: of the corn? They want to see the planes?
0: Yeah, something like that. You know, apparently they want to see their friends and shit up here. Yeah. <laughs> Losers. Overrated. Right? <laughs> No, it'll be fun to see him. I'm glad if I'm missing the event, it's at least for something like this. So, hey, we're at the news portion. The news. The news.
1: And we got a ban and restriction announcement. Okay,
2: <laughs> buckle up, everybody. Danny's gonna be reading for a hot minute about this because a it's hot
1: a, second, it's man. A, it's a, it's it's a hefty, hot second. It's a
0: hefty BNR. All right, all right. All
2: right. So with silence with
1: while Danny
0: reads the BNR
1: with the last what, months' worth of moderate events, you would think that the top four cards we just read off at the last event would be banned or restricted. But wait, no. Wizards thinks otherwise. Uh, there are no changes to the announce... For the announce... Um, It's weird the way they have been. There are no changes to announce four formats, which makes sense now that I actually read words. Uh, but they also give you a... Uh, an announcement of format goals and play booster announcement. Uh what are play boosters? Well we'll talk about that here what next, I believe. Yeah, nope. we'll do that next. Oh uh, okay. Yeah, well it is we'll nice. segue that to the next topic. But play boosters. What are they? What are they doing and why?
2: We sound like a fucking local news with that one. That was beautiful. You're Clip that.
1: Welcome, sir. I actually did something for this <laughs> podcast other than moderate which
0: before, you do a lot for this podcast.
1: Nah, not really.
0: You keep us on task. Nightbot is
2: yours, all the, all the Twitch amenities. Like I amenities. said, I
1: just mod Twitch. It's all I do. And
2: that is God's work right <laughs> not there. Not really.
1: Anyway, so this moving is, along to the next topic.
2: Or, Matt. With the b I figure we at least got to talk about the fact that there was no changes made here. Yes. And how so, people are kind of upset.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Hasbro, or no, I don't know why I keep saying Hasbro, but it's really Wizards um didn't ban the
0: at least pieces of like the scam decks or at least one piece to hopefully balance things out
1: yeah like this it's really um so you have the elementals fury and solitude that should have been looked at uh you had um god what fuck i'm just drawing a blank on uh, Orkish bowmaster the one or, ring yep orcish uh then you had uh the one ring as you said speaking of those who we'll talk about those later um but then you also have everyone's worst nightmare is grief okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have a xl black card from your hand plays for free it's kind of bad it's it's
2: when grief was first spoiled with modern horizons 2 everyone was like the play patterns of turn one griefy twice is gonna be redonkulous it still holds true even though there's that bit of a lull where they're like oh turn one grief is not actually that bad but when you when you when you pair it with the scam build Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 pretty
1: like why like we just talked about it It was in how many of those decks?
2: Grief. Uh, I think that was the number four yeah, Grief most popular card. Thirty-four
1: percent of decks
2: of that one Re-Z-Q right and stuff, and the overall
1: Fury was in over half the decks. That's a problem card. Orcus Boilmaster is forty-six. That's a problem card. regavan has been around for a while.
2: Yeah, Regavan it, it it got like kind of like nudged out of the formats. Uh, not only because of like Ryan and Six, but prim- definitely primarily because of Orcish Bowmaster. Like yep. really, just saying, giving a big old middle finger to any X X one uh, creatures yep. and stuff
1: there. I don't know. It's those those three should have been those top three should have just been banned.
2: <clears throat> so yeah, all the all those cards all. Of, the the thing that gets me the most about this BNR announcement, yes, uh, their whole shtick of like they're only doing one BNR announcement, official like announcement, once a year. I think maybe this is like <clears throat> with it with it now being like they're touching on BNRs like three weeks after a set releases, uh, and this is like the first one. You think that they they would have put a little more context into the first of these like oh let's we're, we're looking at the formats they to say more about what they're looking at in the formats the fact there's nothing there it's just like no changes to the formats let's talk about play boosties and stuff and it's like you know like y- you made comments during the bnr announcement from a month back like why 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 not have a little extra more context there you just say nothing's nothing's changing let me tell you about these new things that we're making, and we'll we'll cover the play boosters here in a hot second here, uh, I promise you. But yeah,
0: the BNRs, man.
4: Yeah, it's, I it's I
0: got dumb. nothing with the BNR side of things. I mean, I haven't. I got to play modern a couple weeks ago at league, and I legitimately just sat and went, "Hey, this is really impromptu that I get to be going." I'm going to pick a deck that I don't have to question whether or not it's put together. So I, I put together my scam deck and it was without the Orcish Bowmasters. Cause they're pricey. Well, I ended up buying them anyway, but I didn't put them in the deck, (laughs) but I'm just sitting here going, Hey, it's a deck. I know how to run. I know how to run this version of it. And I don't have to have any questions on if I'm playing it right. So Mm -hmm. it's, it was either that or elves and elves was together other than probably just swapping out the cavern souls. So it's, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. I have my deck together. I'm just going to play because I haven't gotten to play modern in a hot minute. You know, I play commander more with spell table and everything, which is nice because if it gets to a point where like my on a saturday night like i'll get home from work and my wife's asleep or she goes i'm gonna go to bed like shortly after i get home i go well i'm not tired so i'm gonna shoot a message out see who's playing right or if anyone's playing because normally by that point somebody has gone hey does anyone want to play tonight hashtag join the discord yep or even too like i haven't explored too much and i probably shouldn't nowadays but like all the other discords i'm part of i can just put out a message going hey uh I have one player looking for a game. So so I'm sure there's plenty of three-player pods going, jeez, we just need one more fucking person. So it's like, okay, cool. Or eventually, too, one of these days, uh, my friend that I work with, um, we've been talking about trying to get a game together. So it might be one of those, like, Saturday nights. Hey, I'm done at work at, like, 9 o'clock. If you want to venture over to my place, let's play in-person type of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, it's so, you know... I didn't feel like Modern was terribly broken when I played, but our, you know, our our play group at J Dubs and everything in our meta isn't super reflective of what's going on on the bigger tournaments and everything. So, you know, I played Tron, I played Infect, I played a couple other decks, and it's like, okay, cool. I played I played the decks I was expecting to see. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I, th- I think people are. I think the biggest thing.
0: But I was also the person playing scam. So.
2: When it comes to the scam thing, I think the biggest thing that. We've talked about this before. Uh, when a deck starts seeing a certain percentage of like yeah. play and win and prominence, like it's meta share. You know, One. again, this this ReCQ, it showed up as. Thirty-one percent of the meta meta game, which is thirteen decks. It's a small, yep. pool, smaller pool. Exactly. And if I looked up here at uh, MTGMeta.io, which pulls rough data performances of a deck, and let me find scam here, and it'll have its like overall win. Rectos scam has a win percentage of fifty-three point seven percent, roughly. Yeah, this is just pulling in information online. It's not that sixty percent that they've that the the hard line is for sure at sixty percent. When a deck starts getting sixty percent, that's when they get do their things because that's what happened with um, the Demir Inverter decks. Like that was getting up there. Well, and that's gonna
0: be the thing. Like the reason why a lot of people are upset on nothing being on the BNR, even not even what got banned or restricted but nothing being yeah, there not even a comment like I was is saying, is the fact that this like the scam deck like you just said it's knocking on the door of like hey we're winning a lot we're gonna win a lot so let's uh let's do this
2: and surprisingly looking at some of the other stats here it's just barely above some of these other decks Demir control has a 53.5 against the rest of the field uh win rate uh, then you got four-colored midrange, which is the Team of Rhinos deck, is 52. Amulet Titan, believe it or not, has a 56.6. That is the best, the, the quote-unquote most winning deck right now in Modern. It beats out Rakdos Scam for and win I
0: percentage. I legitimately can't remember the last time I saw an Amulet Titan deck.
2: In person? In person, yeah. Okay. I mean, Dom Harvey is, you know, he's, he's fucking doing the uh, the Titan the Titans yeah. work there.
0: Plan. But you know what? I feel like we've talked a lot about this because at this point we're beating a dead horse. Yes. Let's talk about these uh, these new packs.
2: Ooh, the boosties. The the play boosters. Yeah. So this one's an in-depth one. We just figured this one would be easier to read from the article. It's hard to like dissect this without like reading the whole thing. It's not terribly long. Stick with us. We'll comment wanna, in between.
0: I was about to say, honestly, to reading this article earlier today, I don't know if you need to like fully dress on like the problems piece of it because let's be real the we can pretty much break down the problems pretty quick ready people are confused of what packs to buy when it comes to booster boxes whether you buy a set or a draft box what can i do with either okay there's number one uh i guarantee that and this too is me reading the article Set boosters have become more popular than draft boosters Mm -hmm. because I know I can speak for me. I don't draft as much lately. So when I was buying packs before, I wanted to crack packs and open packs, get some of those cards that I, you know, I'll buy the singles of too, but I want to crack packs. Well, if I'm going to crack packs, I'm going to try to get more bang for my buck Mm -hmm. and get more cards. Yes. Oh, wait. There's also the added perk of things like the list. The list. The list. The list is only in the set boosters, so more people are going to buy those because they have a. Sometimes they had a, some of those high value reprints happening from older sets. Yep. See, there you go. But I don't know. That kind of covers where I would say the big issues were. So that kind of <laughs> okay. You can we can jump a little bit further down.
2: So so first off, I wanted to say what is a play booster? So play boosters are. Uh, it combines the best two worlds, worlds here. Quote, it takes set booster fun to open experience and weaves in draft to play that is integral to the magic ecosystem. Play booster packs value players love. boost Play booster packs the value players loved from set boosters into each set. Plus, it means that you have one less magic product to advertise to your players. Uh, This is referring, talking to stores directly. Further reducing confusion to those new magic, uh, magic players in your community. So it's combining set and draft boosters, smacking them together. And the layout that they have for what you're gonna see in a play booster now is, so it's draftable up to four, up to, up to four rares in a pack. Which is kind of like the marquee of a set booster. Yeah. So, uh, slots number one through six. So there's 15 cards here. Uh, 14, technically. 15 is the art card. So uh, one slots one through six are commons. Slot number seven is the list or another common. And there's going to be something we're going to talk about the list here further down. Because that's exciting about the list. Uh, they made a change that a lot of people wanted to have. And have which is going to be fun. List. Yes. Uh, slots eight and ten are uncommon. So you're getting two uncommons instead of three. And then you got your slot 11, which is that's, rare That's mythic. three, homie.
0: Three. Eight, nine, ten. Oh, yes, my
2: bad. I can't count.
0: It also depicts three cards on the, the little cards. infograph there.
2: Don't listen to us. We're, we're Don't listen to me. I'm a <laughs> schmuck here on this podcast. <laughs> slot number 11. Rare and mythic, or mythic, you know, per usual. Uh, slot 12 is the basic land. Slot 13 is a non-foil wild card.
0: So these ones can be... Any rarity, so this is where the up to four comes in,
2: yes. This, and, and you know, just like with the chance of you to get a foil taking up uh the token slot, right? Yep. Token slot, no,
0: so no, t- it was a common, it was a common, like slot? in the, okay. in the yeah. draft boosters, okay.
2: And then uh, slot four, 14 is just a foil wild card, so sl- is it slot 13, non foil wild card, slot 14, foil wild card, anything, and then 15 is the or I add token helper art card slash.
0: And and, and I was going to say, for those of you sitting there at home, well, they talked about three cards that could be rares. Where's that fourth spot? They count the list slot as the potential rare. Yes. And then they, they ended up breaking down stuff too pretty well as far as like the common list card, which I know Matt was talking about is... More more than likely than not, you're gonna get a common out of the main set. Yes. So that'll be 87.5% of the time. 9.38% of the time you will get a common or uncommon normal reprint from the the list. The list. 1.56% of the time you will get a rare or mythic rare normal reprint from the list. And the remaining 1.56% of the time is a new thing from the list, which is what, Matt? Special
2: guests. We talked about that last week with uh, Ixalan, which was the Lords of Atlantis and the Mana Mana Crypt uh, being like the new art uh, now that you can get them in packs. Uh, So I do want to read this part here. In the past, because this is the important part with the list, I think it's talked... Is this a section that talks about it? Yep. Okay. So in the past the list has mostly been reprints of older cards. Play boosters are going to tinker with that exactly what, what exactly could be on the list. For example, when playboosters premiere, the lists include what we call special guests. Ten cards that are exciting reprints, and this is what the special guests are, uh, that we can give new art and will thematically tie into whatever set they are. Uh, What we do with the special guests is we'll change set to set. Uh, Lost Caverns of Exelon, like I mentioned, was uh, Lords of Atlantis here. So in addition to the special guests, there will be 40 cards that are reprints without new art. Of those, 30 will be common or uncommon. 10 will be rare or mythic rare. This is down from the 300 that was previous iterations of the list had. And that is a significant thing. The list is a lot smaller. And when the list, we'll we'll quickly rewind here. When the list was first made, like when they first said, oh, 300 cards that could be on the list, you already had a 25% chance of you opening a set booster of getting a list card. And then each list card from that 300 list was at its rarity chance in that list slot to get in that set booster. So you're most likely out of the 300 cards, I think like 100 and the majority of them, I think over half of them were commons. And then it went to Uncommons and then like rares were. I ended, up they, get, they,
0: I ended up getting quite a few rares. And this is even before they did the, what set was it that they pretty much just did all rares for the list? It was one of them where they took out the Commons and Uncommons piece of it. And it ended up being down to like 40. Brothers War? I think it was Brothers War. Brothers War.
2: I'll take your word for that one. When it, it came it, to the list, the it list was around hard. that time. The list was hard to keep up with the fact there's just 300 cards and just some like schmuck commons that's like, oh, cool, I can open up this instead of, you know, yeah. like when we talked about the list getting updated, we only talked like maybe 10 cards that were of importance. Importance that happened well, and, with
0: that. And the nice part too is they, you know, generally speaking, they had done a lot of theme with the list cards that were. In there. there we go. Thank you. So yeah, Nuka Penna only had like forty cards on the list, but they were all rare, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so cool!" In in reality, there was you know five cards that were like chase list cards. Well,
2: I mean that's what they always got to do. They got to give you like the few
0: chase rates. Yeah, I mean, that's where that's where you know you, you, you got any more
2: of them boosties?
0: You got any more of them set boosters with the with the list in them? Huh? Do you?
1: It was but, it was sixty eight cards.
0: Okay, so sixty eight cards. Still, but well, yeah. less than three hundred. Exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but honestly, too, Honestly, a it. lot of them, like obviously, yes, you're not going to put chase cards in every single one of those sixty eight card slots Shut for up. the list. You're right. They should have. They should have. But they didn't. But the big thing is, it's like a lot of the rares you would get just shit rares. Bulkers. Yeah. Now, I don't even know if they were bulk at some points. They were shit. <laughs> well, I'm just like saying. they made bulk cards look good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to pull here from the chat. Uh, Barra says, my hot take about the play boosters is that it's a healthy change for everybody. And he also wants to point out that he pulled a Macias the Unhallowed from his new Capetta box. Fuck yeah.
0: But, and, that's, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, cool. You get those awesome stories of like, Dude, I pulled a fucking awesome list card. What up? Yeah. But then at the same time, a lot of times it's like, oh cool. I mean, I got a I got a list version of this card, which sometimes that little planeswalker symbol at the bottom left increases increases the value by like two bucks. Sometimes yep. Yep. so even some of those shitty bulk cards that get pulled. Oh cool. They're uh, still worth money. They're still worth something and they're worth even if it's a shit card. Oh, it's worth 10 cents more than the regular copy at least.
2: Stocks! You're fucking making bank!
0: Right? Take
2: that shit, put it in your vault like Scrooge McDuck.
0: <laughs> but no, I I agree. I think I think these, these play boosters are going to be a good thing because, honestly, it's one of those things. Cool. I can draft these. So if I get a box and hold on to it, instead of sitting here going, well, I'm going to get a box, hold on to it, then maybe get one of the chase list cards well cool now i can maybe get one of the chase list cards and draft it if i really wanted to right so Uh,
2: a couple things else to note about the play boosters here uh these are going to be coming with uh the manor karlov manor in february yeah the return to karlov manor yep uh, that's when that's happening. You got some time. We'll probably find out more details and shit like that as we get closer. Uh, but a couple of more numbers here that are, I don't know, interesting. It's something to point out uh, for that non playable slot, slot 15, where you get the ad, the token, the art card. 65% of the time, you're going to get a token play ad card or a play aid card, uh, which I imagine is something like, you know, a dungeon is would be a play aid card or, you know, the the card for the adventure zone, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That, that. that would be that. 30% of the time you'll get an art card and 5% of the time you'll get an art card with that signature there. So for those of you that pride yourselves in collecting those art cards with the signature, 5% chance per play booster for that.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any framed cards that are signed at all in my man cave in the article it also says
2: differences from set boosters for these play boosters you're going to have plus 2 playable cards cuz set boosters had 13 cards yes. in them so uh, not they're not going to have there there's just no connected commons or uncommons cuz but with the set boosters there's kind of like a
0: connected a theme yeah, that they're going with that they, they, they tried to they do they were like the the new theme packs
2: I remember the thing that they – one of the first times when they were doing that was with uh, Kelbheim. You know, you could get, like, a giant pack. You could get their uh, Morphling pack or their Changeling pack and stuff like
0: that. and other times, too, they would just be color themes. Like, here's the blue pack. Here's the green pack.
2: Yeah, just kind of collaborating a little bit of, like, the theme boosters that they had as a product a while ago before they canceled them and then doing, like, Jumpstart. anyways. Anyways. Um, there's also one less non foil wild card in play boosters compared to set boosters one less non playable object which is the token art card uh, with different slots and set boosters and then there's only a one in three opportunity of an art card in the play boosters
0: which I mean too, like the cool thing is like yeah the art cards are really cool because you know the artists put a lot of work into those arts that go on the card but I think it'll make it so these art cards are more sought after even if it's just a little bit i would
2: honestly argue that probably since secret lair secret lair has done so much for artists that work with wizards of the coast because of them making special arts. You know, people wanting to, they're seeking out not only to get the cards, but to get the prints of those cards. Yeah. Like, I don't know, my example here, my Decimate that I got from the Party Hard Shred Harder. Like, what if I ever gone out for a de- a, a regular art decimates to get the print from the artists themselves? Well, and I mean, I mean the other it. part too is like, I didn't, so
0: there's like minor regular printings like my John Avon Unstable Arts, not Unstable. Unhinged. Unhinged no un, 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 no Hungry? unstable. An, unstable. Yeah, a, it, unstable is the borderless ones. I was thinking unsanctioned. That's ah. what I was thinking. Like but for me, that's like I liked those arts. And it was the fun story behind it was the fact that my wife almost let me put those arts up in our kids' room. Almost. Sure. Almost. almost. But she she wanted multiples of the same one. I'm like, no, no, you gotta get one of each. It's the way this works. Um but then too, like I've got, you know. Fire Mage, fire mean, Mage. I mean, you and I, I don't see it up yet.
2: Oh, the Mark Riddick stuff as well. You know, you know Mark Riddick, yeah. A we example. Didn't, we only... didn't
0: get ours from Mark Riddick, but we got them because of Mark Riddick having a connection to Parker. Well, yeah, I was just about that right to say, there. And then right there, too. Yeah, I was about to say, Mark
2: Riddick, he doesn't have any non-secret. Oh, well, he has one, and that's the um, uh, old Rutstein... Yep. That was the only one that you could put, open up in packs. The rest have been in secret lairs. Uh, out, now, outside of the Frexia ob one yep. Frexian lands. But yeah. Is the only ones that aren't a secret layer. But see, examples like that. The magic, since Secret Lair, I would argue, Fight Me at This has done a lot for magic artists of not only pulling in special artists uh, for that stuff. So, like, these art cards, you know, they'll matter for some. Some players yeah and especially lord of the rings with their scenery and stuff oh god people have gone fucking ham with that shit they enjoyed that they thought that it was a nice thing to do and with the collection the, the the holiday collection that comes out where you can get a little easel with them to for the scene cards you know they're really yeah. leaning into the fact that collecting art for these cards is something important so like the art cards section of these play boosters it's it i don't know well and it's, too, like, it's not non-negligible
0: for and not even a magic like, collector like even not like the collector side of me, like I got all the schematic, signed, stamped yeah. arts, and I got I got nice frame and everything put up for him. But even uh, too, someone on our Discord Squarebox likes getting some of the art cards, and like I try to send him some every once in a while. But I also try to like I know how I am. Like, hey, cool, getting those the signed ones, the stamped ones, those are the really cool ones for me. So I try to just send him those ones. Because especially a 5% chance to get those now, yeah, now they're going to be a little bit different. Whereas before, like, oh, yeah, you get an art card no matter what in a set booster. Now it's, well, now I don't get an art card every time, so who knows? But I know a lot of people are probably sitting here going, Well, okay, you guys have talked about the difference between these play boosters and set boosters, what about draft boosters? Well the one of the main differences, like we already said, you get up to that, that potential to get up to four rare or mythic rare cards. Yep, you got one less playable card. Okay, that's fine. Three less commons. But you've got two opportunities to get either the one or the the one non foil or the one foil wild card. So I mean those could be anything. They could be uncommon. They could be common. It could be a boat. It could be a boat. We've had it happen one time.
4: We got a boat, baby!
0: But then you also, you have that opportunity, you have a 1 and 8 opportunity to get a list card, and the list cards before didn't appear in draft boosters, so there's a a big difference, too. And then, you know, you get the opportunity to, like we just said, to get art cards now. And, like, it. just, it's nice because, especially we've got a lot of new players coming in with all the other IEPs, so, you know, Lord of the Rings, Doctor Who... Uh, Assassin's Creed coming down the road later. Eventually, they'll give us our goddamn Power Rangers one.
2: That seems like such a fucking slam dunk. Hasbro, what the fuck is wrong with you? God
1: damn it. Yeah. Danny, I know. I, I want I- my I fucking inte- Power Rangers.
0: I intentionally made that one oh, did you? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry bitch. I'm sorry. I knew it was a hot button issue it's for him.
1: The reason why we don't have it is because it's not mainstream.
2: Why's Bullshit fucking nope. lies. Nope. Power That's Rangers the is mainstream. Is, no. You know how often they... For one the of their, 90s their, kids, their, yes. Their but for things, now, it is Hasbro not. Hasbro Pulse excuse, has, talks about all their Power me, Ranger toys that they're making. They're articulated me, jointed ones. And I, then on top of that, they have the Boom Comics. There Once a he's a fucking done with his power rant. grid.
0: Once he's done. I think he's done now. Okay.
2: There's a lot for fucking Power Rangers. I have
0: 30 years arguing with you otherwise that Power Rangers is not mainstream.
2: Yeah, it's very mainstream. Everybody everybody knows off. Power Rangers, especially the Mighty Morphin. Like, sure, yeah, you got like uh, Super Samurai and the the new ones and shit that I can't think about at the top of my head because hey, I'm a little hey, hot under hey, the hey, collar. Hey, hey, hey. Niv-Mizzet. Oh, gonna- that's you, Danny. That doesn't count. Yeah, and we got Jurassic Park there, Casey, as well. Jurassic Park is good. That one's coming soon.
0: That's going to be cool. Okay, anyway, but um, there's a lot to come with these play boosters, so... Um, name, what, what do you mean,
2: name two of the Rangers? Like their actor's name or their real name? Their starting-
1: Power Ranger names.
2: Like the teams? Yeah, like Morphin, Zeo, no, like, Galaxy.
1: Like the Power Rangers name. Not the group name or the series name. The Power Rangers name. Like individual name.
0: Okay, really? You, you ready for That's this? That's what he's asking. Yeah, I'm going to go super easy on this one. You ready? Tommy. Yes. Tommy Oliver, Kimberly Hart... Billy Cranston, who's
1: awesome. I didn't ask the question, Jason. Hard case you did. But do you know his last? name? I don't know his last yeah, name.
0: There you go. Uh, I don't, and I don't know Zach's last
2: name either. Um, oh, Alpha Five bitches. Alpha Five, and then you got in um, Turbo. I can remember some of their names there because you had because Tommy was in Turbo as well, which you know, fair enough. But then he passed it on to the Red Ranger. Oh my God, what's his name? the character names they had the the younger boy (laughs) he was the blue ranger (laughs) oh i can't remember their names i I enjoyed turbo i i love the movie turbo because uh power rangers turbo i have that shit on vhs because they had the the little slimy eggs egg putty things that were like dinos that popped onto the ghost ship and they had to put their keys in to like he's looking it up right now you're looking it up (laughs) No, I'm just For looking the terp, at the, the turbo rangers. At,
1: I'm looking at the original.
2: I know um Andros is the Red Ranger from Lost in Space because I looked up to that guy because he had a space skateboard. Surfboard. It was large enough, more of a oh, surfboard. Surfboard, surfboard than skateboard. It was a surfboard. So fucking cool. And that one was like a very intense one because you were like incorporating like the lore of like Zordon.
0: <laughs> Casey No, like the the, action. The action. damn it, they did it.
2: Suck it, Casey. Suck it. Fucking fan. I love Power Rangers. All right, anyway. Hold on, hold on. Anyway. So I got more. Sh- Niv miss it. Power yeah, we're, I'm here? I'm even Niv Miz <sighs> this one. We'll do this week in Power Rangers next time. All right, cool. Uh, what can we expect with play boosters? Yeah, I mean we could garbage. Is that where we're at?
0: That's where we're at. Okay. But I,
2: I felt, I, like, I, we honestly, felt I like we felt like we kind of talked about them yeah, a yeah, lot. So they're coming at Murders at Karlov Manor. Um the big thing here is so this is gonna be draftable. These are draftable. Will the play booster they they comment this? Will the play boosters make draft less fun. R&D believes, quote, R&D believes it will not. We've been working very hard for years to understand the impacts the play boosters will have on draft, and we've adapted how we're building the sets to accommodate. Murders at Karlov Manor was designed and balanced with play boosters in mind. Will there be lessons learned as we adapt a new system? Of course, but magic constantly evolves, so we're pretty good at adapting. And then they ask, if the play boosters have more rares, mythics on average, will that mean more bombs in limited formats? There will be more cards of rares and mythic power level, but adapting to that, making sure players have more answers at loyal lower rarities, is a part of how our R and D is adjusting set designs. All our play tests have been done with this in mind, and we have been very, uh, they have been very enjoyable. So, like this is one of the big things, and. I pulled up a tweet specifically from Mark Rosewater that went more into the drafting side of um, the the packs. And when we get to that part, that's going to be more of like reading the community's response because I thought it was very interesting when we got there of like, okay, so this is a big impact to draft and how are they going to marry collecting cards and playing limited together and stuff. And of course, Wizards is going to say that they're very confident that this is going to be a good way for with hiccups. Clearly, they you know they, they there's going to be uh lessons learned from something like this. And I am the optimist here. You know, I'm always going to be throwing like you know be a little more lenient. Danny very more stern, very strict on that aspect. So,
1: I was just going to add. um I don't have the blog talk pulled up, but I saw Mark one of Mark's replies. If you if you look at his blog talk, it's all this is right now is asking about this. Oh yeah. Um, but if I remember correctly, I where I saw him reply back that the uh, part of the com- the part of the company of wizards that looks at, uh, like sets and everything, they've been working on like this booster for the last seven years
2: seven years yeah they did they did just say for years here I wasn't expecting was 2000,
1: 2018 years. is what the year that I saw okay um that he mentions like okay well hopefully they got all the kinks out in seven years like you should have seven years into business is a lot of data like they should have everything.
2: Seven years in the R and D, though I I, I do want to say like as we've seen with like Fire, like they thought Fire was fine for when Thrones of Eldraine came out, but then when it got in the hands of all the players, shit just kind of oh yeah, though.
1: I also forgot they don't actually play test without side <laughs> each freaking set. Um,
2: so be prepared for some potential hiccups if you're a limited player.
1: Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a different one for sure. Um.
2: So uh, an, another thing, note here. We said that there's these are 15 card boosters here, but there's only 14 playable cards. Uh, why are there only 14 playable cards? This is addressed here as well. The changes to the play boosters gave us the ability to rethink how we put together a booster. Boosters have always had 15 cards, well, most of them anyways, because... That's what Richard Garfield chose to do with Alpha years before designing for draft was even a thing. We experimented with different amounts of playable cards per booster and found that 14 was the best job for giving us the play experience we wanted. One of the reasons we went down in commons and set boosters was addressing a common complaint from the players that there's too many cards that didn't get used. Part of adapting to play boosters included making less you unusable commons in draft which made the 15th card less necessary and then here is the next point of contention that will probably lead us into um our next uh, our next bit here with the play boosters and the, the the commentary the comments tweets and stuff so uh will playing limited events cost more Likely, yes, play boosters match the cost of a set booster, not a draft booster, which will result in limited event environments going up in cost slightly. However, the expected value of the booster went up as well because of the opportunities to pull additional rares and mythics. So, yes, you'll be paying slightly more, but you'll likely be getting more value out of the booster. Your rare mythic card ratio per dollar spent will be staying the same. So, uh, to those wallet conscious Magic players in limited, you're probably going to be paying additional like three bucks per draft. So I think it's like fifteen to twenty bucks is what people typically charge. So you know, begin like eighteen to twenty three, somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, and just reading some of these uh, some of these replies on Mark Rosewater's tweet, uh, it's it seems like it's pretty mixed. Like you got some people going, "Hey, this is going to be an awesome thing. This is going to be a good thing." Um, and then the other people, obviously, like you increase the price, people are going to be pissed. Like that's kind of a given. Yes, yes. Like, so
2: I was, was going to say, you change anything to a magic player, and they're going <laughs> to there's going to be turmoil. But the- good
0: God, you increase it by a penny, fucking shit! Be ready for the internet to storm. But I mean, here's the thing: like, it's it's one of those things. It's we've we've talked about a lot of different things where it's like, hey. Things are changing, things are... Things are different, not even prices, but just talking about the play boosters themselves. Hypothetically, we live in a world where hypothetically they don't change the price, and it's a draft booster price versus a set booster price, okay? Somebody would still bitch and complain about something, about this. Yeah, I be, don't want four rares in mine. Where's, back in my day, draft boosters were the only thing we played. <laughs> the the, the uh, Those people will... Climb out of the woodworks, no doubts. Don't you touch my reserve list cards back in my day. Like, honestly, it's one of the things where it's like, this is the thing I actually, you know, Danny, hate on Wizards all you want for what they're going to do in, in the future and stuff.
1: It's it's not Wizard that I hate for.
0: It's, it's Hasbro, I know, but it's, you know, hate on the big companies as much as you want. I don't know... We're, we are just schmucks with the microphones. So we don't have the inside knowledge. We don't know what's truly happening when it comes to the corporate world of when decisions are made for magic. The gathering, the one thing I do like, and funnily enough, brings up a conversation again from my teacher friend that also plays magic. We were talking about Yu-Gi-Oh this morning too. Nerd. Well, we were talking. We talked about how we used to play Yu Gi Oh, and we got to the point where we we're playing Magic. So, um, Magic adapts and changes in a positive way, overall positive way, as the game develops. Game's been around thirty years. This game is the reason why games like Yu Gi Oh and Pokemon and you know, all the other card games that have either come and went or still are around, but not as big as Magic.
2: People still refer to it as Magic as the original trading card game.
0: I mean because it, of that. It's a it, giant. It truly is. It's it's paved the way for these other games. Yep. There are definitely probably some trading card games before and the thing is those games have probably died off long before Wizards got to the thirty year mark with Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're like I'm sure when set boosters came out, a lot of people, if I remember right, were complaining, oh, oh we've yeah. got two new we got two different packs to buy now, what the shit no no, 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 people are upset that there are less cards in there and you're yeah. paying more that
2: was like that that, that was like the uh, the 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 top the creme de la creme arguments there like less cards more yeah. price. what justifies this But and the, their rare ratio
0: but now it's the thing it's like cool wizards heard what's going on yeah it took them probably a little bit longer to remedy the complaints that were initially coming out but now it's just it's it's a new round of complaints it's all it really is will in one year after play boosters are a thing people go you know what these aren't so fucking bad probably
1: i just want my fat packs back
0: yeah,
2: fat packs are gonna be. We play still, boosters we still now. have
0: fat packs, baby.
1: No, we don't. We gotcha. have fat
0: packs.
2: Don't we have fat packs? Or oh, yeah, bundles? We, are we yeah, you? They're are called the bundles. bundles. They're yep. not called fat
0: packs okay, anymore.
2: Okay. <laughs> that that almost went over my head. There, I'm like we still got fat packs. Sorry,
0: I refer to but, them as fat packs. But still. it's one of these things, like just doing a couple of you know, load more, show more replies. Like really, it's it's one of these things. Like this first one that just popped in. It's a good change, especially for retailers. One core product is easier to manage than two. Right. Plain and simple. And it's easier to maintain stock. It's easier to make money and easier for players to get what they want. Really don't understand the hate. Like that's that person's whole thing. Next one down. In order to correct a bad decision, you have to decide upon a worse decision. But we pulled people who open packs. Cool. Now here you are. Maybe don't overthink why the people who are already buying your product do things. Like I said, it's very 50-50 on the comments right now.
2: So talking about, like, stores and making the products, uh, you know, l- l- less product fatigue for players to de- to decide from and uh, stores to have. Like, this was a thing as well. Like, you could probably look at this as saying, it's like, okay, you know, like, uh, there's a hot there's a hot couple months where we really thought wizards did not give a shit about lgs's they yep. deal with amazon how they didn't like really kick them any like promos like they've done in the past like giving them access to uh a- a- in the beginning you know like their their first like lgs thing that they could have was the mythic edition bundle or whatever that you could only buy there yeah but that was like 300 fucking dollars and stuff it's like what happened what happened to like the the from the vaults so from the vaults was like the good example yeah at the point where you know LGS has had that as like a thank you you know like heres support and stuff for that um, we' we're, we're, we're at a point where it's like okay the uh, yeah so like you, you could look at this as a as wizards showing support for LGSs. you know they they have they went out saying with the, the you know Starting off with the love of your LGS support, like that was a first step to show. It's like, hey, yeah, we we said that LGSs are the backbone of Magic, which they are, and they have done like these little things, something like this to like make, uh, make make ordering product easier, is a good thing for stores as well. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a retailer. I'm not smart enough. But for someone who looks at it from the other side of the fence here, does make sense here. So yeah, like Wizard show, and something like this is going to help stores. That's the play boosters. That's what we're looking at right MSRP now. would have helped them too. Oh, don't get me started. I was talking. <laughs> you, you you're going to trigger me here, Don't, Danny? I, no, no, no. You Doctor Who. The, Doctor you missed, Who. You missed, you missed we're going
1: to like, time walk and just go into Doctor Who.
0: All the timey-wimey shit happening here. All right, so last week, obviously, Doctor Who cards are out. Um, the precons are out. The collector's boosters are out. There aren't any different cards in the collector's boosters than are in the precons. The main difference is you just have the opportunity to get foils, surge foils, and the alt art cards.
2: And they have serialized as well.
0: Yeah. So, like, the cards I'm going to talk about, there's no difference between other than the art styling, the foiling, any of that. Um, special treatments.
2: The collector in you needs those cards. Go buy them. Be a good little capitalist. You
0: know what? I didn't have the funds. I had the funds to get the decks, and I wanted the (laughs) fucking decks, okay? I didn't even get two sets. I just got one. One set of the decks. Hey, man. You get to play with them. Oh, God, yeah. So much fun. We're going to play with them, too. You got some fiddle some cards. The Doctor Who...
2: Is your realm? This is your TARDIS. I we oh. are here. We are your companions. Lead us away. Uh, the 14th Doctor, you're the 14th Doctor, then is that what they're at? No,
0: the 14th, the 14th is David Capennin or David Tennant again. He he is so he's the 10th Doctor. What they'll explain it more when the specials are coming around. So they announced who the 15th Doctor was. Okay. And everyone thought when uh, Jodie Whittaker was done with hers and they did the regeneration scene at, on her last episode, everyone's like, oh, cool. It's going to be the new doctor who is is a black guy. So this is the first black doctor as well. So okay. cool thing. We had the first female doctor, now the first black doctor. Awesome. Cool. Wonderful. Both are amazing actors. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, David Tennant came back and we're like, everyone's like, what the shit? okay so he, he as the actor he is back to playing the doctor but in the in the lore he is the f- 10th and the 14th iteration of the doctor I mean I don't follow but I never follow Doctor who in the time first travel place. okay uh long story short for those who don't know about the doctor the doctor who series itself started in the f- 50s 60s 60s because we're about to hit the 60th and it's 2023. Started in the '60s, and it started as this wanting to be an educational science fiction-y type show, Inter- uh, you know, entertainment, but add some educational value, and they added in some a little bit of sci-fi element to like, hey, this is why we're all of a sudden back in Incan times type of thing,
2: and a lot of fish line. If my if I understand yes, correctly, yes, special
0: <laughs> effects back then were not as good as they are now. Okay, uh, so it initially started that way. Um, and the first actor to play the doctor um, was an older gentleman. And I'm going to try to avoid as much names as possible so people aren't getting confused. Um, and eventually the show like was a massive hit
2: see in the Chats is my favorite thing about Doctor Who is I
0: don't watch it. It's a great show. You should do yourself a favor. Anyway, uh, they ran into the issue where the show was extremely popular, but the main actor was starting to age out. Like, he was having health problems and all that kind of stuff going on. So they came up with this idea because the Doctor is an alien. That was their whole thing. That was a day one thing.
2: Okay. I I forgot the Doctor is an alien.
0: Hey, um... He's a humanoid alien. There you go. So he looks like us, but he's not us. Um, they have this fancy thing called regeneration as a part of their species. So they can... Species of Time Lord, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. There, there's a whole thing. So yes, Time Lord. There you go. Um, but then this regeneration thing, it's the same person, but there's a fatal wound. They're able to regenerate and heal from it. The downside of that is they ch- sometimes change physical features, genders, colors of skin, personalities is always a big thing. That's how they justify like different actors playing them.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. I remember one of these. Carrie was telling us, telling me in the Discord, is that's the reason why the one doctor likes fish fingers.
0: Yes, Matt Smith's doctor likes, and they like different food, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, there was actually a fun thing I ran past on TikTok earlier today. Um, there's a deleted scene from when David Tennant, when he was originally coming on as the tenth Doctor, um, the ninth Doctor Christopher Eccleston, and even though I said I wasn't going to throw out names, here I am throwing out names.
2: Is Christopher Ecc- Eccleston the bald one? Yes. Well, okay. not with the, the leather with the leather
0: jacket that looked edgy. And- the lack of hair guy who played a, a dark elf in Thor: The Dark World. <sighs>
2: Some reason I thought that was Paulie Shore. Sorry.
0: Anyway, um, his his like go to catchphrase was fantastic, and then David Tennant comes along, and he, like they played on that a little bit where he's like talking with one of the characters he had interacted with before when he was the previous guy, and he goes, "That's fan, 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 fan," and he's like, "I don't like that word anymore," <laughs> okay. type of a thing. So it's it's interesting to see the changes between the two. So. Uh, it got to a point in the nineties where they did like a one-off movie. Um, and that's where we get the eighth doctor. So, you know, boom, one to eight, there we go. And then the revival came around in 2005 because people liked doctor who they wanted to bring it back. But you know, that nineties to mid two thousands, there was issues, yada, yada, yada. I'm burping. Sorry. Um, so the revival happened. The fun part there, behind-the-scenes type of stuff, is it came on and it started with BBC Three. And that was season one. Season two, it moved to BBC Two. And season two, to the end of David Tennant's time, right before season five, because there were some specials, so it wasn't a full season, it was BBC Two. And then once it gets to Matt Smith, it becomes BBC One funded again. So you can tell the difference of like quality with special effects and everything. So nice little behind mm-hmm. the scenes thing for you. But...
1: Studio upgrade. It's,
0: it's really cool to see. Like the theater techie nerd in me just really love that piece too of being able to identify. So Time Lords can regenerate. There are multiple different doctors. Okay. And the main antagonist of the doctor is called the Master or in one iteration called Missy. And are they time Lords as well? The master slash Missy is a time Lord. Yes. Okay. Cause it's time Lord in the card
2: and I'm looking cause I just typed on Scryfall for the set doctor who and t- creature type time Lord and that pops up. I'm like,
0: yep. Oh. So, uh, Susan is the first doctor's granddaughter. So she is a time Lord technically. Um, but she didn't, uh, she hasn't appeared since her original screening and then, uh, Romana is another Time Lord as well. But yeah, and then... And then here's your master's. Yep, the and master then you've got the me. master, 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 and master. And then Missy, uh, technically River Song, is uh, Time Lord too. Spoilers. Eh, that works.
2: From my understanding, my wife, she was telling me one time... Welcome to this weekend, Doctor Who. My wife was telling me one time about River Song, how it's beautiful because... Uh, the, the, the love connection between her and the one doctor happened backwards. Yep. Right.
0: So the, the doctor and River Song, they, their story as we see it happens in reverse. So when River Song gets first introduced, that is the f- last time, first time, depending on your time, use of time, time, time words, <laughs> she sees the doctor. And then fast forward to Matt Smith, we see River Song come back, and it's like, oh... They're not meeting in the right order. And then eventually we get to the end of Dr. Song's time and um, one of the new, newer Doctors in the list of things. But anyway, what I was getting at with... Sorry. Yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> we um, could go on forever. I probably could. Um, get. I've gotten to play two of these decks now. Uh, uh, Shameless plug, and we don't get sponsored by them, but Command Zone did a playthrough of all the pre-cons. So all four people at the pod played the pre-con decks. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really cool because all of them have partner, but it's called Doctor's Companion. Uh, So you can have, as long as you have a companion, you can have multiple commanders as long as one of the commanders is a doctor. Correct. The the doctor. The doctor. Well... uh, So it says there. The yeah. The So the Fifth, the Fourth, the Eighth, the 13th, the Fugitive, the War. Because within the lore, there's plenty of stuff. I'm not going to get into that though. Of why there's the fugitive in the war doctor. Um, But these decks are really cool. So, like the the way the priest con is built for the Rose Tyler 10th Doctor, um, as I was explaining in the in my sugar report, it is all about like suspend counters. And the 10th Doctor has an ability called Timey Wimey, where you time travel three times. And that either adds or takes away some time counters depending on what you want on the card. And it's a May ability, so you don't have to do it to every card. Um, And then Rose Tyler benefits from cards that have time like counters on them. So suspend counters, time counters, that kind of stuff. And she gets bigger and beefier and kicks more ass. Right, Danny? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it gets a plus one, plus one for each time counter
1: on it. Broken.
0: And then the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane Smith deck, is all about historic spells. Um, so everything's an artifact, a saga, or a legendary for the most part. Obviously, there's some some of those support spells and stuff like that that aren't. But again, like, it does great things. And then the 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 villain deck is all about like the villains of Doctor Who. So the Daleks, the Cybermen, they've got a few other ones in there too, but then it's got the Master. That's where the Master is in all of his, her iterations. And then the 13th Doctor has her deck, and I'm trying to remember the theme of that one.
2: Uh, Cast a spell from anywhere outside of your hand? Yeah. Beginning of your hand step each creature you control the counter on it untap each creature you control the counter on it so it's playing things out of yeah. exile yeah
0: so it's there and it puts counters on it that was the one I was having trouble remembering when I was talking about them gotcha. to, w- earlier today but each one and they each deck plays the theme very well and obviously there's ways to you can take the decks apart you can put them together like I was mentioning in the sugar report there's a card in the uh, fourth doctor deck um Gallifrey stands, and it says if you control thirteen doctors, you win the game. So it's you know it's a very contingent you know just just mazes end type of win. Just put
1: Masswood Nexus in your deck, and everything's a doctor.
0: Yep. But then the the other cool part too is like some of like some of the things like the talismans got really cool arts that fit Mm -hmm. like the colors that they put on there because like thinking about the color stereotypes in magic and thinking about the doctors themselves, I'm like, oh, these that fucking color scheme works for this character or this version of the character. Yep. But then other things like, cool. They brought the Sonic screwdriver in and it does cool things and it very is very theme with what's going on in the world.
2: If I'm not mistaken, there's a bunch of different art. No, there's not.
0: That is that is different. That is the uh, laser screwdriver.
2: Oh, whoops, wrong wrong
0: one. Yep. Read so the, the
1: card, Matt. Read,
0: read the card. Read the card. Understand the card. There you go. There. There we go.
2: That's the Sonic screwdriver. Yeah. So it, it has
0: ha- ha- and it has different arts too. And the so the Sonic screwdriver comes in many different iterations. Only three, um, it looks like. Well, in the Doctor Who lore, comes in many various different iterations. And the ones that they showed in the art, was it's really cool because they've got like one of the very first ones. They got one of the most recent ones. And then they've got probably one of the more popular ones, which is the David Tennant one. Uh, Looks like a lightsaber. Yeah. So, um, again, I truly could go on and on and on about just the fact of how much fan service was done when they were making these cards. Um there are some very valuable reprints. Goose got really pissed that historic intervention got reprinted. Uh, Heroic intervention? Heroic intervention is yep. in the, the fourth doctor's deck and he's <laughs> the only
1: reason he won the first game. That was the second game, my I friend. That was the first one.
0: No, first one was uh, I don't even remember what the first why I won the first one. Or what bullshittery I pulled out of my deck to go nope. Oh I
1: think Oh you countered his spell.
0: No, it wasn't even that. I I took my 10th Doctor out of, like I took him off of the, phased him out oh, yep. and brought him back. Yeah. But long story short, the decks work very well, or Wouldn't at least help. the two I have played. Yeah, when you put something like group, group hug behind it and just watch it go, good
2: fucking God. You want to see what your deck can do, play against Danny. Danny would love for you to see what your deck can do. <laughs>
0: But yep. I know I know one thing, and um, Anthony already talked about it, we're going to get, now that I'm back full-time and have a little bit more flexibility in my schedule, we're going to get that 200th episode recorded with the video, and then we'll do a Doctor Who one. And I already have the decks, so I'll bring the decks, we'll play the decks, all that fun stuff. I'll maybe try to not play one of them on purpose, so I'm going in blind on the play style. But um, the 12th Doctor one. Thirteenth would be thirteenth in the villains one. I haven't played yet. Okay, there you go. But they. <laughs> Goose is saying
2: to remind me Vietnam flashbacks.
0: Yeah, heroic intervention is a great reprint. I'm glad it. I'm glad it came. <laughs> um, but on these decks are great, and you could easily take them apart. And especially with like the companion piece, um, the doctor's companion piece of it. You truly could make any kind of theme deck, any kind of color scheme deck and make it work. Whether it's just using the Doctor Who cards or it's, you know, taking the precons and doing what most some of us will do and modifying them. Like, honestly, there are plenty of suspend cards that could be in the 10th Doctor deck that just aren't there and would be very good placeholders and stuff like that, but... Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It's great. I love the decks and like getting I was telling my wife, even though she was kinda did that whole like tune me out thing a little bit when I talk about nerd stuff.
2: Oh, your cute little game there. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, I love hearing you talk about (laughs) Um, like she actually paid enough attention to me to sit here and go like I was talking about just sleeving the decks and looking at the cards and everything as i'm sleeving them and going oh good they used this art from this particular season for this card that really makes sense oh cool they brought this villain in as a uncommon card that's awesome and just the fact too like they used a lot of like art from the show where it's you know they did an artist rendition of something that happens and even though these aren't full, full art lands, the basic lands, I just love just seeing all the different places they're putting the TARDIS, and it's just it's one of those things where it's really cool. I dig it. I love it. As a Doctor Who fan and as a Magic fan, this is like the best thing that could possibly happen because both things are in one spot.
1: Oh shit! Did
2: you know that wedding ring is a reprint in here?
0: Yes, sir. That's a good. Card. As we're told. Path to Exile, so it's a plowsher. There are lots of good reprints in here too. So yeah,
2: it's propaganda that uh, snuff out. Snuff out was a big one that I saw for you know Popper and yep. Legacy players there. Feed the swarm.
0: Wound reflection actually, uh, like non spoilers, actually made a pretty relevant play in that uh, game night episode. Throws, so. of, throws of chaos.
2: Cursed, Mi- Cursed mirror, that's a that's a card that commander players love. That's getting a reprint. Yep. I got to check that one because that was a pricey card at one point. Look at that. Oh, maybe it
0: wasn't a pricey card at one point.
1: So, so talking about prices, let's move on to the next subject oh, on the ballot.
0: Danny, I'm sorry you've had to take over the Segway piece while I was gone, but you've so been doing right. so good at it.
1: I'm just trying to keep this under two hours.
0: Oh, we can do that easily. Some of that time will be eaten out because of, you know.
1: Well, now we get to let the- Mad guess if he's right or not.
0: All right, Matt, you ready? As ready as I'll ever be, baby. (laughs) All right. So we are to our Conjured Currency section where we talk about magic finance cards. Remember, we are schmucks with microphones. Please don't take our advice to heart. Uh, We will obviously just give you best, but we use a wonderful article, the weekly winner's article from mtgstocks.com where they talk about three to four cards that are moving up in price and three to four cards that are moving down in price. The wonderful game we like to play is, generally speaking, now Matt doesn't read the article ahead of time. Because partly this is started as an accident and now it's just become a thing. So where I will tell Matt what the card is and what set it's from and what its price it's gone up to. And he guesses the format that is causing it to go up. So ready for the first first one? Yes. Okay. All right. Reaver Titan. On Friday, it was sitting at $5.62. It went up 71%. This is out of the Warhammer 40K deck. Okay. It is currently sitting at an average price of $6.06. And average price is what people are trying to buy them. Buy them, buy them. No, people are buying them at average price. People are selling them. Market
2: price is what people are buying.
0: Thank you. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. It has been. So average price, what people are trying to sell them at. Market price, what people are buying them at, which is $6.55. Goose is saying, so what you're saying is, go to you guys for financial advice. Got it. Uh, that says advance. So advance. yes, come to us for financial advances on things. Don't come to us for financial advances. Um, we don't Matt that. will fund anyone's endeavors, especially when it comes to Hallbreak Horrors. Something, something, Kraken Investor. Yep. Um, so... The card reads, here you go, it is a 7 generic cost artifact vehicle void shield. So it has protection from mana value 3 or less. And Gatlin Blaster, when Reaver Titan attacks, it does 5 damage to each opponent. Crew 4, so you tap 4 power or more and it becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. It is legal in Vintage, Legacy, and Commander and this does have an extra printing, which is the, uh, the Surge Foil. So all-time high, $11.07. All-time low, $2.49. Matt, can you name that format? Commander Valduck the Eldrazi. That's what you're going with? That's my final answer. Final
2: answer, locking it in.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, Well, Commander is right. The reason why the Commander deck is wrong. <sighs> it's not Valdok? Nope. It is because of Osh, Osh and the Lone Cyberman. So out of oh, the doy. Doctor Who stuff. <sighs> I don't know
1: a lot about the Doctor Who cards. For Long <laughs>
0: story short, the reason why this is coming up is because there is the card. Uh, so, the first, so the Commander itself... The first non-legendary artifact you cast each turn has Cascade Two, or Casualty Two. Sorry, but then uh, pairing it with Cyberman Squadron, which says all non-legendary artifact creatures you control have Myriad, so obviously ah, get more than one copy going. I do you remember that card? <laughs> yep. So there's that one. All right, you ready for number two? Yeah. All right, number two is Keeper of Secrets. There it is, loading up. Uh, as of Friday, it was sitting at $8.46. It went up 107%. This is out of the Warhammer 40k decks as well. And this card reads, For 5 generic and 1 red, you get a creature demon with first strike and haste and sympathy of pain whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand. Seeker of ke- Keeper of Secrets deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. Average price for this one is sitting at $10.10. Market price is sitting at $9.49. European average, $5.12. It does have that Surge Foil copy, which is sitting at about $15. All-time low, $1.02. All-time high, $11.50. Now, Matt, can you name
2: that format? Commander, and it's the Doctor Who that cares about things out of exile. The, the third, not, four, 13th Doctor? So we were just talking about where it's like the things for out of exile, or it could be the timey-wimey one. That, is that the timey-wimey Matt Tenant?
0: You give me your final answer here, bud. It's Commander, yeah, it's Commander. <laughs> uh, the, the commanders specifically is talking about are the 10th Doctor, which cares about timey-wimey because yeah. remember, when you puts up into suspend or anything with time counters on it, technically you're casting it from exile, yes, and then the 13th Doctor, which cares about things getting cast from anywhere but your hand but then also that's it well it mentions the fugitive doctor on here when the fugitive doctor enters investigate whenever the fugitive doctor attacks you may sacrifice a clue token when you do target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard gains a flashback so there's that
2: yeah so that's casting from other than your hand yep oh my god casting your commander Yep, casting well. your commander. Keep your secrets.
0: All right, and the last one on the winner side of things is Jora's Time Bug, and this is specifically the foil version. Oh boy! Out of Time Spiral remastered, it was sitting at five dollars and forty eight cents. It went up seven hundred and eighteen percent. Okay, seven hundred eighteen percent for a card that for two colorless mana. Reads, you get an artifact, creature, insect, tap it, choose target permanent you control, or suspended card you own. If that card or permanent has a time counter on it, you may remove a time counter from it or put another one on it. It is legal in Legacy, Modern, Vintage, Popper, and Commander. It does have a time spiral printing that sits at 25 cents. The... All-time low of this one, 19 cents all-time high for the regular non-foil version is sitting at $1. Uh, The non-foil versions, 25 cents for average price. Market price, 11 cents. Foil, currently sitting at $6.27. And European average, 12 cents. Can you name that format? Commander for the uh, David Smith one. David Tennant. Gotcha. 10th doc. That guy. Yeah, I'll give you that one a little bit because it actually does refer more to the Rose Tyler side of things because she cares, she gets bigger when it comes to extra time counters being on well, things. Well,
2: isn't Rose like dating Matt Smith? David Tennant. David Tennant.
0: Yep, kind of. Well, they, the, they're, they're the same doctor they, and companion. They they are together as doctor and companion, and they. In the lore, eventually get together due to one reason or another. But it also does refer to the face of Bow, which is another character out of Doctor Who lore that reads: when you tap it, it looks can like Zordon. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's you may a cast jar. a spell with suspend from your hand. If you do, pay its suspend cost rather than its mana value cost. Activate only as a sorcery. It's pretty dope. Yep, and you get a, you know, zero 04 creature as well. So it's a, you know, auto bolt range. But Danny, Matt, who's doing the cheap pickups?
1: Matt, cuz he doesn't talk really much.
2: Uh, first up in the cheap pickups, we have Vexless Praetor. It is from Warhammer 40K. It is $5 and moving up. This one was picked up from the MTG Premium Penny Stock feature. So, yeah. Next up we have Shinzo's Death Storehouse. That's a car that had a, a wild ride. It's now at $6.90 moving down the um, DMC, which is the Dominaria. It's a Dominaria commander deck. Yep. Dominaria United commander deck. Uh, so that one is moving down. And then the final one in the cheap pickups is Jace's Vryn's Prodigy. Another case of, oh, how the mighty have fallen here. $6.09 moving down. This is the uh original printing in 15 what's it called origins there we go oh this but this is the cute to brute version specifically cute to brute also magic origins six bucks the uh the shadow one hundred dollars the san diego comic-con From the vault, 7 bucks, And then the pre-release stamped one is almost $20 for Jace Friends Prodigy. Jace Friends Prodigy, just want to say here again, for the fact of how the mighty have fallen, had an all-time high of $92.
0: Jesus.
2: So there you go. That is your conjured currency, magic folk. We're just going to quickly touch on checking out uh, the amazing people over at TCG Sniper.
0: You mean I could snipe out some prices? Yeah, you find be- out when to buy things or sell them. I could even be notified of this. Mm-hmm. You can you can learn
2: when uh, Rose Tenant decides to move up in price. Rose Tyler. Tyler Rose. Rose Tyler. Is Tyler Rose the frontman? Of no,
0: that's Axel Rose. That's Axel Rose. Yep. Uh, you didn't even have to finish. I knew where you are going with that. You're, you're boring and you're predictable. God Damn it! Yeah.
2: So you yeah, have right, gone
1: step. You could,
2: do, you could do all of that. There are great price tracking websites where you can uh, put in not only cards, but items themselves. So you can buy the box that has Matt Smith's face on it. And there you go. And you said the right name. I did say guy. the one, right one. There we go. You were trying to say it wrong, but was, you said it right. I did say it right. I'm like, shit. If Anthony was here, he would still be flipping tits. Um, so, yeah, you can also put product in there. And you get notified. You set a notification if you want to get notified if it moves up in price or down in price so you can sell or buy. Uh, you get notified via text, email, Discord. You click the link. You get sent to the TCG Player site. It's very cool. It's very convenient. We've talked about them before. You sign up. You get a free account. It has 50 items that you could put in there. But if you mention the guys that This Week in MTG sent you, you will get three months free of their Plus program, which will give you unlimited. Ooh. So go check them out. Now, do you guys have anything else you want to add to the uh, to this podcast before we hit the
1: outro? No. Nope.
0: I'd like to sit and take this time to talk for an hour about the intricacies can of you just hit the stop everything button? <laughs> that's going on just to see Danny's painful look on his face.
1: Actually, I think I can stop the stream as a bond.
0: <laughs> I've got nothing
2: else. Thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 206 of This Week in MTG. As we wrap up another episode, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to our incredible listeners and Patreons. Your enthusiasm fuels our passion for all things Magic the Gathering, and we're honored to be a part of this vibrant community. Stay tuned for more exciting updates, discussions, and insights in the world of magic. Until next time, may your mana be plentiful and your draws be ever favorable. Keep gathering those magical moments.
3: Congratulations. You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice.
0: Don't you touch my reserve list cards back in my day.